LA's a bit of a weird town, or a lot of a weird town. What's Halloween like in Los Angeles, John? <laughs> it's uh, it's hit or miss. You have uh, certain neighborhoods that are you know really packed with a lot of kids, and and it's it's going off like the old days. And then you have uh, other people who like to take their kids to. I don't know, strip malls and, uh, you know, doctor's offices or whatever to do their safe trick-or-treating uh, during the day. And it's not like the old days where everybody goes out at night and gets the bejesus scared out of them, I guess. Those were good times, man. That's Those yeah, were the they nights. Were. W- but, hey, boom. Hey, boom, yeah. I also want to just say uh, thank you for having me on as your, your first guest after taking a couple of days off last week. Uh means a lot to me to, to be talking to you today. So happy to have you back, my friend. Oh, thank you, man. I, I'm going to need to book more guests because I just, uh, it helps. Um, let's get into the show. Big game tonight. Um, can the can the Kings get a save? <laughs> yeah, well, they're working on it. Uh, they might just go straight from practice right into pregame warm-ups. Um, they're working on it. But, hey, look, things uh, seem to have settled down a little bit. Uh, the, the fan base is, is very erratic right now, though, uh, riding the highs of the winds and uh, the lows of the of the losses, but you know, look, last week, a three game road trip at home, they picked up two big wins, uh, against two theoretically high powered offenses, uh, in terms of Tampa Bay and the Toronto Maple Leafs. And the Tampa game was, was a, a very convincing win in the Thursday on uh, Tuesday, excuse me. And the, the Saturday game against, uh, Toronto started a little bit slow maybe, but, uh, the Kings really imposed their will throughout the game. And, uh, so look, they're coming in on a little bit of a high right now. I think, uh, you, you want to go into a three game road trip, coming off of a win, and that's what they're doing right now. So we'll see if Jonathan Quick can uh, make some saves tonight. Book, I mean, you're watching closer than I am. Uh, has one goalie been better than the other? Because both of their numbers are atrocious. They're, they're bottom of the league in, uh, in team save percentage. And it's, it's a league thing. I believe, John, I looked up this morning, I think 15 of 32 teams have a save percentage, 903 or lower. So the, the, the we're not in a time right now to start the season when goalies are dominating the game outside of maybe a couple teams. Vegas is first, I think, and I think Philly's second or something, and we thought those teams were going to be challenged to keep the puck out of the net. But the the, the Edmonton numbers are scary. Has, has one looked like he's closer to being the guy? Well, I think, again, if you talk to the fan base, every year – there seems to be one player that they want to gang up on and pick on, and this year it's Cal Peterson. So I think if you did a, a survey or a poll that way, most people would tell you that Jonathan Quick was the clear-cut number one. Uh, but, you know, neither goaltender has really separated himself from the other one. Uh, for the second or maybe even the third year in a row, you're coming into the season with, uh, you know, Cal Peterson. They, they want to anoint him as the number one guy, especially given that this is 32's last year of his multi-year contract. But – uh, it's Jonathan Quick's crease, really, uh, in, 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 until further notice. So to answer your question, probably not. Maybe 60-40 you could lean towards Jonathan Quick. But let's also remember this. The defense in front of both goaltenders is very much a work in progress right now. You have Sean Dersey, a right shot, playing over on the left side. He's questionable defensively in a normal situation. That's not really his strength. So you have him playing on his offside. Sean Walker coming back from a year of injury with ACL and MCL, uh, you know, issues missing. He's at times played over on the left side. Edler coming, still coming back from that injury at the end of last season. And then, of course, Brant Clark working into the lineup. So it's very much a work in progress once you get past Doughty and Mikey Anderson up on the top pair. So who's impressed you through three weeks? Who stands out? 
Well, Gabe Velarde, for sure. There's no doubt about that. Uh, this is the Gabe Velarde that everybody has been waiting on. This is the Gabe Velarde that the LA Kings selected in the first round many years ago. Uh, his, you know, his his path has been very uh, well documented. We don't have to relive it here, but. As I've said to you over the years, he, he was and remains the most skilled prospect in their pipeline. The question just was really his health. And uh, he came in this year with a different mindset. And uh, one of the things he told me during training camp was that he stayed home this summer. And he really enjoyed that. After spending a lot of time uh, rehabbing and with doctors and different conditioning assignments and whatnot, just to be home, to be around family, to do what he loves to do, uh, eat, train, smile. He was having a great summer. uh, And it's playing very well for him. I think something that is interesting, though, in watching him was that a lot of his early season success was coming on that third line with Alex Iafalo and Quinton Byfield. Field. Uh, Byfield's out of the lineup sick right now. follows out of the lineup injured long term. He won't be back for a couple months. Uh, so Velarde kind of left to his own devices there has now been elevated up to the top line. The, the, I guess the results were promising in one game, but I am curious to see how this plays out over time because you probably don't have Gabe Velarde penciled in on the top line on the go forward, regardless of how hot he might remain, you think that Kevin Fiala, Kopitar, and Kempe would be the top line. So we'll have to see how this plays out uh, in in the games ahead. Brant Clark, um, interesting story here. He he played his minor hockey with Shane Wright. Shane Wright doesn't even know if he can make the NHL right now, but Clark looks like he's a keeper. Yeah, I reported back about a week or so ago that uh, the L.A. Kings will be keeping Brant Clark up. If he plays tonight, this will be game nine. Of course, the pivotal game is game ten because that's when you burn the year off of your entry-level contract. But regardless of how many games he plays here on the road trip, uh, they play three and four nights this week. Uh, Again, though, Brant Clark is expected to stay up with the L.A. Kings from everything that we're hearing, and that's a good thing for him. Uh, It's good for him to be around you know, guys like Drew Doughty, guys like Mikey Anderson, who obviously bring two different approaches to the game. Uh, but it's good for him to be around these guys and to learn the rigors of the NHL. He's going to be a much better player 20, 25, 30 games from now than he is at this particular moment. He's been very serviceable. He hasn't looked out of place, uh, as we've seen with many of the Kings rookies that they've called up, Jordan Spence, you know, even Dursey, uh, et cetera, over the last couple of years. Uh, but this is a very special player. This is uh, I, I don't like the comparisons to Drew Doughty because it's not fair to do that to a young kid, but this is a guy who just has that it factor. When you're in the room and when you're talking to him, when you're, on, when you're watching on the bench what's going on, when you see him out on the ice, the kid can dance, the kid can dangle. He made an incredible pass the other night to set up one of his teammates. He's a very special player, and uh, as Todd McClellan has been known to do, he'll kind of break him in slowly. Right now he's on the third pair most nights. Get him a little bit more involved on the power play. Get him a little bit more involved in the PK. He's been used in all situations, and I think you'll see his minutes rise as the season goes on and uh, probably will be expected to be one of their their top two or three uh, defensemen as we get into the second half of the season. We'll get into Ontario and stuff the next time I get you on. Unfortunately, I don't have time, but I did want to ask you before we go. uh, Nobody in the NHL hotter than the Vegas Golden Knights, unless you want to argue Boston. Uh, has the start for the Knights changed at all, how you view the Pacific Division? A little bit, yeah, uh, because I would have said coming in probably they were a bubble team. You would have expected Edmonton and Calgary to fight for the top two spots and the Kings maybe third and Vegas right behind them. And then you could argue about what was going to happen with Vancouver, who looked to be on the rise. Uh, yeah, certainly uh, Vegas is off to a much better start 
that was a team that looked like they were imploding a little bit, and uh, that that doesn't seem to be the storyline right now. So the Pacific Division still continues to be, I think, uh, a work in progress, but this will be, when all is said and done, probably the toughest or one of the tougher divisions in the NHL and certainly much improved over where it's been the last couple of years. I think it's going to be a dogfight for all the teams involved uh, that we just talked about there, uh, more so for Vancouver than anybody else. But that top four looks to be pretty potent with Edmonton, Calgary, uh, and the hot start from Vegas, and then the Kings hopefully will get their acting gear here as we move forward. Yeah, everything's getting shaken up in the start. I, I like it. It's fun. Johnny, thanks for the time. Enjoy the game this evening. You're the man, Boom. We'll talk soon.